It is time to hear from God. You know one thing is that when the word of God is coming, you are not sleeping now, but that time the breeze of sleep will come. I want you to rebook every spirit that may not allow you to pay attention to the message. That God Almighty, I rebook every spirit that will divert my attention, that will bring sleep into, my, in, into me, that I'll be able not to comprehend what is being said from the altar here. Lord, I rebook them. Talk to me yourself. I want you to talk to me, Lord. Pray, pray, pray to God that, Lord, you talk to me. When God talks to you, he is the only one that can let you know exactly what he wants you to know. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Everlasting Father, as we go into your message, we pray, Almighty God, the words and the sentence and the paragraph and the phrase that we glorify your name that you want me to hear today. Father, don't allow sleep to take them away in the mighty name of Jesus. As I speak here, Lord, I pray, Almighty God, that you will speak your word into the life of each and every brethren in the mighty name of Jesus. And the name of God shall be glorified. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and have our seats. Please, be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Today is the first Friday in the month of uh, November. Just like play, the sun is rising from the east and setting in the west. The day is running out, the month, the weeks, everything, the year now is running out. We thank God for his faithfulness. Uh, a village man and his son are in a huge mall in a city. They are village people. They have never been to city before. It was the first time they went to city. On getting to the mall, they were amazed at everything they see around them. But there is one special thing that fascinated them. There are two shining sliver walls that move apart and come together. Then the boy asked his father, Father, what is this? And the father said, I've never seen this before because the father has never seen elevator before. So the father said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Then the boy and the father stand watching as an elderly old woman walking towards the elevator, press a button, and again, this sliver shining wall opened up. And they discovered that this old woman walking with stick moving into that small room there. Suddenly, they saw some light, some going up, up and down, they were singing. They were amazed that what is this? And suddenly, the door opened again. And a young, beautiful lady came out from the, the small room there. They could not see that old woman again. Then the father bent down to the son. Son, go home and bring your mom. <laughs> that this wall that is making the old person become uh, young woman, is grace. This is opportunity for us. Go and bring your mother right now. She must become old. Hallelujah. It is God's grace that changed us for better. 
Even the old woman, old man, he wants to bring his wife to change. He's not thinking of himself, thinking the, the, about the wife. The God grace that changes for better. Grace is an agent of change, both on the inside and outside. Hallelujah. And if you look at that old man, the wife went in and a young lady came out. He sees the opportunity that, yeah, this is an opportunity for me to get my wife changed. But God's offer of grace is acceptable. The work of God, the, when God gives his own grace, it begins in your life. And it will continue throughout your life. Last week we had a baptism here, as you have seen. The grace of God has commenced in their life. And it will continue throughout. That's why we are praying for the Holy Spirit to guide them, to lead them, and to direct them. So, God's grace is designed to transform us into something very special. That is something that will change our life. You will see yourself new. Grace is about accepting, it's about God accepting us the way we are. God will look at you and give you that grace, he accepts you. But believe me, he will never leave you that same way. He will change your life. That is the grace. God's grace is designed to be transformative. It is meant to be life-changing. Grace is about God accepting us, as I've said. So today, we shall be talking about Transfer saving grace. Transfer saving grace. Most of us as parents, we always want to transfer the good character in us to our children. Is that correct? Am I saying it? I want to respond. We want to, the, the kind of good trait, the kind of good character that we have, we want to transfer it to our children. But none of you want to transfer your weakness to any of your children. Nobody. Even our failure, we don't want to transfer it to our children. We only want to transfer the good one. So, we need to put ourselves in a position where God's grace is being transferred to us. And that grace is what can save you. It's what can deliver you from these worldly and devil things. It is that grace of God that those people that baptize here on Saturday last week, that they have received. And I pray that that grace will continue in their life in the mighty name of Jesus. So, when you receive this grace, it will change your life. Our God is good. All the time. God bless you, brother. God is good. We want God to transfer his grace into our life. And once you receive that, you become saved. And so shall it be for you in Jesus' name. So turn with me to Titus chapter 2. We'll be reading from verse 11 to 14. Titus, I want from the New King James Version. Yeah, God bless you. Titus 2, 11. I want the mic, please. Titus chapter 2, from verses 11 to 14. 
for the grace of god has been revealed being salvation bringing salvation to all people and and we are instructed to turn from godly godless living and sinful pleasures that we should live in in this evil world with wisdom righteousness and devotion to god while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ will be revealed verse 14 he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin and to cleanse us and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds this is the word of god hallelujah you see most i will come back to that but let me just tell you most young parents we suddenly realize i've been to that stage also the whose responsibility they require to take care of their young children especially the first child not that they are just facing that they, that little tiny baby will be depending on them for survival and as the baby grow the baby will begin to observe what the parents are doing they begin to copy what the parents are doing so most parents will become aware of this and uh, they begin to try to adjust but our behavior is like a smoke you cannot cover it if you cover it with tree come up okay so we don't be thinking how will i transfer my good character my good trait to my children how will i be how will i do that so the the parent will be very conscious of many things they are doing how they behave in the home what they say because the children will be copy this and the next question is that how can i avoid transferring my sin my weakness to this children even the failure brethren like i said our behavior you can cover it is sometimes tough and difficult to adjust it's only when the spirit of god is in you when that grace of god is in you then you will discover that the grace of god the spirit of god will guide you to ensure that you lay a very good foundation for your children for those that lead well they also follow well we all know that so if you really want to lead your family in the right path you want to guide your family in the right direction you need to see what paul was saying that titus you need to help your family to grow it takes god grace to lead the family it takes god grace when it transfer into your life to lead your family and we have that perfect savior who is our jesus christ he has laid down his life for us whose grace his grace is enough to see us through in every difficult situation that we might be thinking is impossible for us to change the moment you accept him as your lord and savior every other thing just leave it for him he will guide you he will direct you he will enable you to transfer that saving that grace to your children so that they will live a godly way so as you allow god into your life with his love and care when you allow that there's a transfer of grace already into your life and that grace will save you and it will deliver you in the mighty name of jesus 
So it's not just about your family directly. It's about people that surround you. That people will ask, and they say you are a Christian. When they say you are a Christian, they will be say, okay, oh, no wonder he's doing like that. No wonder his life is like this. Already you are transferring the grace that God has given you to be a good Christian into their life with the way you have behaved, not just your family. So, and that is really what this passage in Titus 2 is all about, transfer of grace. The, the scripture we have just read, read. We are going to break it down into different subheadings and we analyze it here. Number one, God's grace brings salvation. God's grace brings salvation. That is in uh, verse 11a. For the grace of God that brings salvation. It is grace of God that delivers you. It is grace of God that saves you. So, the Bible talks a lot about being saved. Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Condition is there. You have to call on his name. Like I used to say, time and condition matter. It's not like your computer, you want to install computer, nobody go through the condition. You quickly accept. So in this case, the Bible says, whosoever call on the name of the Lord will be saved. The same thing is repeated in Joel 2, verse 32. He says, it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And John 3, 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus also said that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. These are the grace. These are the transfer of grace. And this is all about what Jesus did on the cross. His promise that he has come to seek for those that, uh, that, that lost and to deliver them. This is a grace. He gave his life to atone our sin. That is the grace that we have received. So that when we call on him in faith, he is there to answer us. The grace of God brings salvation. That's what that book of first, uh, the Titus 2 verse 11a is talking about. The grace of God brings salvation to those who put their trust in God. Hallelujah. Number two, God's grace has appeared to all people. That is verse 11b. This is a good news. Let me read the entire verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all, all who? All men. All men. We are not talking of just the men here, all people. That's what he's saying. It's a good news. God does not play favoritism because you are coming to church. He's not extending his grace to other people. No. No partiality. He made it clear to all people. And these are the things that other people don't know. That is why you, your duty and my duty is to let them know that this is an opportunity. This is a good news. So without prejudice, his grace is available to all people. He loves everyone. Same way. Everyone that God has made, he loves them. 
he, because he made them all. This is the grace that brings salvation, not just to the Christian, to all people of the world. People are waiting very long time for this grace to appear. People had waited long time for it to appear. And it appeared in form of Jesus Christ. Jesus made his earthly appearance. That is the grace. That is the salvation that God has made to appear to all people. So, there are a lot of atrocity being committed everywhere. Like we said in the prayer section, wars are going on, killing, kidnapping, so many things are going, going, going on. So that is why corruptions also, everything is going on. That is why you and me, we have this opportunity to tell people that the grace of God, the salvation of God, the grace of God appears to all people. That salvation that God has brought in is to all people, not just to specific people. The rich, they were taking advantage of the poor. Evil activities appear to be on high. Our world, our community are filled with people with broken hearts. So what step are you taking to let them know that the salvation is for everybody? The grace of salvation, the grace that has brought the salvation is for everyone. This is our duty, to let people know that God's grace is available to them. And it works. It can break every bondage, irrespective of the kind of condition they are going through. Your duty is to let them know that salvation is for everyone. It's not just for Christians alone. It's for everyone. Every people that are addicted to one sin or the other. Let them know that there is hope for them. Jesus has come to this world because of them, not because of people that are already in the, in the fold. He has come. So the salvation is open to everybody, and it brings hope and peace. That is why we need to let our brethren be aware that, yes, the salvation of God, the grace of God has appeared to all people. And that grace is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has come to deliver us. He has come to save us. It's for everyone. And may God guide us in the mighty name of Jesus. So let your neighbors, let your people, let every of your family, let them be aware that that salvation is for everyone. And it's free. You have to pay nothing. It is free. Number three. God's grace teaches us how to live. And that is what verse 12 is saying. It teaches us to say no. Teaching us that deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Why is he talking about the present age? In this age that we are now, people are turning the Bible upside down. People want to talk what they know, how they interpret the scripture. But the scripture never changed. But the Bible has realized that at this period, people will be living in a way that they want to make everything to suit them. People want you to talk to them for what they want to hear from you. They don't want to hear the truth. 
So it is this grace that teaches you to say no. It teaches you to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion. That's what part 12, uh, verse 12 is saying. To live in a self-controlled, upright, godly life. So self-control seems like impossible at times when we see to so many people. And why? Because there are a lot of worldly things going on. Party, eating, acquiring things, worldly things. So these are the things that are going on. That people believe that, yes, it won't be easy for me. Because my colleagues are doing this, my colleagues are doing that. It is the grace of God that teaches you to say no. Amen? If you sleep, I call your name. Don't think I don't know the name of everybody. So, grace helps us to shut the door of anything that is contrary to the word of God in our heart. It is not easy. You are in an office. I borrow, sorry, my Indian friend. You are in office, they want to do puja. And what is this puja all about? It's to pray to certain God. And you are being called. You are the manager. All the managers are doing it. Oh, come, this is for your department. Come and do it. It is only take the grace of God to say no. Because you want to feel be part of it. Because they simply say, it's for all the manager. It can only happen through the grace of God. It is only the grace of God that can make you to say among your friends when they are doing something that you know that if your fellow Christian brethren see you, they will complain. I know a lot of us, we, we think that, okay, if I'm drinking alcohol or I'm smoking, if my church member sees me, they will be talking. Then you want to smoke, you are looking around there. It takes the grace of God when you are with your friends or whosoever your group and they are doing something. It takes the grace of God to say no. Because when a sheep walks with dog, he's going to eat what he's supposed not to eat. But sometimes you find yourself in the midst of that kind of uh, uh, people. But the grace of God that resides in you will teach you to say no. And they will ask you why. And when they ask why, it is the grace of God that will give you the sense the, 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 to, to explain to them. Brethren, when you are explaining things to unbelievers, you have to use the grace of God to explain. You don't just condemn. When you condemn, they will never listen to you. It is when the grace of God comes into your life and you have said no and the question follows that, why? No, what you are doing is ungodly. It's rubbish. My, uh, my religion don't allow that. They will not listen to you. I'm talking from experience. I attend every puja in my office. But I never did one day do whatever they asked me to do. Ask somebody if they want to do, you call somebody else in my department. Then question will come. Some people will come and ask me, Brother, why, uh, Francis, what happened? Why you don't want to do? All your colleagues are doing. You know, what you believe, I don't believe. Okay, what you believe, they ask me that question. 
Then the opportunity has come for me to explain what I believe. I will not start from condemning them. This can only happen through what? The grace. Hallelujah. That grace will save you from attack. Will save you from embarrassment. It is through that saving that the, the grace that God has transferred into your life. So, godly, worldly passion will be there. It is the grace that God has transferred into your life that can separate you. It has grace that brings distance between you and sexual lust. So many things will be running in your mind. It is the grace of God that God has transferred to you. His grace teaches us to say yes to self-control. Yes to living right. Yes to everything that honor God. It is the grace of God. There are some people that maybe they are praying in the office and their boss is coming. They don't want, God to, they don't want their boss to know that they are Christian. Quickly they round up the prayer. It's only through the grace of God that will keep you going. When I was living in the guest house in my company, they were knocking my door one, one evening. I refused to open it. Then later I discovered the people are still there. Then I opened. Ah, oh, we thought you have slept. I said, no, I was praying. So when you are praying, you cannot open. I said, you need not to break my prayer. It takes the grace of God to do. Hallelujah. So God's grace teaches us to live differently from our culture. Sometimes, oh, this is how it's been done in our culture. This is how it's been done. In one of the discipleship training class, and uh, one sister asked me, okay, my parents, they are Hindus. They want this, they want that. I told her that you need not to, con con if you condemn them straight, they'll be fighting you all the time. Let your life, let your testimony speak. Don't condemn when you are condemning, they will be fighting you. Explain your own part. Explain what Jesus has done for you. Explain what the grace of God has imparted in your life. Through that, they begin to see the light gradually. God's grace teaches us that we are to live whatever that is not bad in our life. It teaches us also to, to, how would I put, uh, to deny our, um, ourself of certain things. Sometimes they are giving sweet, they are giving so many things. You ask, where is this one coming from? It's coming from this, it's coming from that. It is the grace that can allow you to, to even though you have interest in what they are giving, it is that grace that can uh, help you to say no. That grace also denies you of following adultery. That uh, grace also denies you of immorality. For all that is in this world, the loss of the flesh and the loss of the eyes and the pride of life is not of Father, but of the Word. It is the grace that will separate you from this. So that is all about the uh, grace of God teaches us how to live and how to say no. Amen? So, number four, God's grace center on a promise. God's grace center on a promise. Verse 13. 
looking for the blessed, for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. He is coming back to this earth to reclaim all who belong to him. Paul was speaking in 1 uh, Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17, I will read. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an angel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So we are waiting for Jesus Christ to return. But not casually. Jesus said you have to walk. Walk day and night because no one knows when he's coming. And whenever he comes, you won't be able to do any other work. So God's grace centered on promise. Can we read that uh, verse 13, brother? And the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. So the blessed hope, what we are expecting from is that Jesus Christ that is coming back. That is the God grace that enables us to center our mind that Jesus is coming back. And when, when that grace is transferred into your life, it saves you, it delivers you, and you focus that yes, he's coming back. Number five. God's grace transforms us. Now we move to 14. Verse 14. God's grace transforms us. That is 14a. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to provide himself a people. 14a. So here, Paul is focuses on the work of Christ on the cross. That, that, that work on the cross has changed us internally and outrightly. And that is whatever Jesus has done on the cross has made us to be rightful in the presence of God. You notice that he provides us. So many scriptures talk about the provocation in the Bible. 1 Timothy 20 or 1 Timothy 2 20 to 21 says but in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some, of, some for honor and some for dishonor. 21 says, therefore, if anyone cleans himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, and prepared for every good work. It is the grace of God that can change you, that can transform you. To be, be a vessel of honor for God. So the work of Christ on the cross provides us this. It transforms us so that we no longer live in our whole desire. He makes us new. And he gives us that grace. The grace he's giving us is pure. 
is not just something, just ordinary grace. It is grace that is poor. The old life is forgotten. Because the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and old thing has no what? Pass away. It is God's grace that can make old thing pass away. We have seen the life of the, the brethren that have been baptized. We have prayed for that grace of God, the Holy Spirit, to guide them so that all things in their life shall pass away. So God's grace set us free. He cleans up. He makes us old and help us to stay clean. It is through the grace of God that is being transferred to you that can help you to remain clean. Because devil will always walk in, want to stay you. Telling you things, this, this, this. But you begin to hear that word behind you, just as said in the book of Isaiah. This is the way. Follow it. It is the grace of God that allows you to hear that voice. Number six. God's grace gives us acceptance. uh, 14b. God's grace gives us acceptance. To purify for himself a people that are his very own. People that are his very own. It is God's grace that identifies you as God's own. It is God's grace that God has, accept, has accepted you. God accepts us as his own people. He can only accept you when you call on him. It is when you call on him and you show that, yes, you truly believe in him, then he will accept you. And we show that we are his people by the way we live a holy life. We demonstrate this. So God's grace gives us acceptance. It is the grace of God. We all need a sense of belonging, but that can be a little bit fragile because we live in a broken world. If you are thinking you stand, please examine yourself. Devil is looking for who to devour. So you need the Spirit of God. You need continuous grace of God in your life. You need God to transfer this grace into you. And that is what that can save you. And God's acceptance is unconditional and steadfast. He loves and accepts us no matter how bad we fail. If we fall down, he's still ready to lift us up. If you roll in the, in the mud, it's still ready to cleanse you. This can only happen through the grace. And that is the grace that we are receiving. Irrespective of your past, no matter what has happened in the past, it's always there to lift you up. It's always there to receive you. Because you are his own. You are his own. And I'm his own. He accepts me and makes me pure. He accepts you and makes you pure. So shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. Number seven. God's grace motivates us to do what is good. Still on 14. That is 14C. 14C. Eager to do what is good. Can you display, sister? Verse 14. Titus 2. Eager to do what is good. Here it used the word sealers for good work. I think NIV say eager to do what is good. 
Silas, not over Silas now. Even if you are over Silas, you are doing the work of God. Silas, it is God's grace that always want to, you want people to know that, yes, I'm a Christian. It is the grace of God. It is God's grace that helps us want to do what is right. Not much for others as for God himself, but because Jesus loved me and gave himself to me, I want to honor him with my life. I want to do what is good for my family. Good for my neighbors. Good for my friend. Good for my enemy. Good for myself. Many of us. It's only take the grace of God for us to help our enemy. We will even say, oh, God cast you. I think you don't want to see me. It takes the grace of God for you to pray for your enemy. And praying for your enemy is what is right. So it is the grace of God that guides you, that directs you to eager to do that, what is good. We do say God is good all the time. Yes, it's good. Every second is good. And it does what is good. So goodness is a part of the fruit of the uh, spirit. So if we follow the Lord, if we, follow, if we are following the Lord, being led by the Holy Spirit, then goodness will be evidence in our character when the Holy Spirit is leading us. Goodness will be what? Evidence in our behaviors and even in our life. Brethren, I've given you seven points. God's grace brings salvation, 11a. God's grace has appeared to all people, 11b. God's grace teaches us how to live, verse 12. God's grace is center on a promise, verse 13. God's grace transforms us, 14a. God's grace gives us acceptance, 14b. And God's grace motivates us to do what is good. And that is 14c. So how is the grace transfer going in your life? This is where you begin to examine yourself now. Are you staying connected? Are you fully charged? When you are transferring things from your mobile to your computer or from or vice versa, when you are transferring it, if you don't have enough power, enough battery, charged, it might be half. Do you stay connected in that way? Are you fully charged to receive this grace? Is your signal solid? This you need to examine yourself. Is it solid enough to continually receive this uh, grace? This you need to examine yourself. Some of the best way that you can increase your signal, your, your link, your connection, your battery, your charge, Number one, through prayer. When you are praying, you are charging that connection between you and God. You are increasing your, uh, your charges. You are increasing your battery. You are increasing your, uh, your connection. Through reading, number two, through reading and studying the Bible. When you are doing this, you stay connected. Through interaction with other Christians. When you interact with other Christians, you have more experience. You have something to, do, to hold on to. Through some kind of service, through some kind of service, many of us, we are talented, 
But unfortunately, we are hiding. Many of us, we have been receiving that. We want to be, many of us, we want to be um, missionary. But we want to go to a comfort zone. There are a lot of people, they are, on the, they are on the mission field. They are not on the comfort zone. We have seen a lot of them in this country. That they are somewhere or the other talking about the word of God, preaching about the word of God. Brethren, it is not a comfort zone. Sometimes we are afraid to pass this grace in our office to talk about the word of God. When you have talent, the God-given talent, you know how to sing, you know how to dance, you know how to do so many things, give that uh, talent to God. Use your gift. You can teach. You can teach. The Friday class is there. Use the talent. You can lead. But you are hiding. For you to get connected, you, use, you have to use the talent that God have, has given you. So if you have not really established a connection with God, this connection is bigger than ZG5, they call it now. It's bigger than that. The megawatt is so great that the moment you are connected, anywhere you are, you are in the world, there is no network failure. Hallelujah. No network failure the moment you are connected to God. So if you are yet to establish the connection, what is keeping you from doing that today? His grace brings us salvation. If you call on him, you will be saved. Your sin will be forgiven. And you become a new person, both inside and outside. Because people will see you and say, brother, what happened, sister, what happened? You don't do this, you don't do that again. You say, yeah, I'm now a new born again. So God does amazing miracle like that every day people will see it in you. So if you want to say yes to his grace, let's close our eyes right now and submit to God. Within your mind, begin to connect yourself. Begin to connect. You know those areas that you need to examine yourself. Confess these things to God that, Lord, these are the things that is bringing barrier. These are the things that is bringing battery failure. These are the things that is bringing little signal into my life. Father, remove them. Let me be connected to you. Let me be connected to that pipe of grace that continues to flow in my life. Talk to God. God loves you. He wants you to be connected to that, the source of that grace. It's not through third party. It is direct connection that God wants you. And I want you to begin to say this in your mind. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. That you died on the cross to rescue me from my sin and death and to restore me to the Father. I choose now to turn from my sin and my self-centeredness and every part of my life that does not please you. Father, disconnect me from whatever I'm doing that is not please you because I choose you today. I give myself to you. I receive your forgiveness and ask you to take your rightful place in my life as my Savior 
and Lord. Come reign in my life. Fill, my, fill me with your love and your love. Help me to become a person who is truly loving a person like you. Restore me, O Lord Jesus Christ. Live in me. Love through me. Thank you, Almighty God. We bless your name that you are speaking your word into your children. Father, let their battery continue to recharge with your Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit continue to give them permanent connection to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Let this signal continue to grow in their life in Jesus' name. No matter what, they shall never be disconnected in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. May God bless his word. Father, in the mighty name of the Son, Jesus Christ, we sincerely thank you very much this afternoon, Lord. Father, we are partaken of the bread and the wine in commemoration of the fellowship you had with the church before you ascended to heaven. Father, this is a reminder that we belong to you. We are the children and the sheep of your pasture. King of kings, as we leave this place this afternoon, we thank you because we have been at your feet. You've reminded, of, 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 you've reminded us of your grace that teaches us not to say no to all ungodliness. As you continue to purify our hearts in the course of this week my father let our hearts be reflective of the things that you've taught us I pray for every child of God under this roof this afternoon that the grace and mercies of God shall abound in their lives their families shall be guarded and protected by your grace father mercies shall abound in every family the place of work, Lord, let your mercies and grace abound. Father, those that are journeying out, out of this place and to different places, let your grace and mercies abound. Many are facing challenges, Lord. We also invite the grace in their lives. The grace to stand against every schemes of the enemy. The grace to say no to all ungodliness. Among our children, among those that are tempted every hour. We thank you and we bless you. May your name be glorified. Thank you for the governments. Thank you for the healings that you have done in this church. As we reflect over them, we are filled with gratitude in our hearts. For we indeed are in the presence of the mighty God. Lord, as we leave this place, let journey masses be upon each one of us. Let us all share in the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives as we shall dwell in the mountains forever and ever. Amen. May it be well with you all.